0: welcome to the readerly report a podcast of readerly magazine your hosts are gail weiswasser and nicole bonilla we hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations recommendations and observations on the reading life thanks so much for joining us so welcome to another edition of the readerly report gail and i are here to talk about some books that we are looking forward to some things that have come are coming out or have come out late April. And I mean, actually late March and early April <laughs> or maybe a little um, earlier or maybe, or maybe a little earlier. We'll check in on some things that we've read as well. So why don't you start out Gail and let us know some things that you are looking forward to. Okay. Okay. The first book that I'm looking forward to is
1: by an author I like a lot named Lauren Grodstein. She has a book coming out that I'm a little scared to read, but I feel like there's no way I can not read it. It's called Our Short History, and it's about a woman who has a five-year-old son who is dying of cancer and how she has raised this son on her own. He has asked her to find her his father, get in touch with his father and so he can have a relationship with him and she's very conflicted because he hasn't been a part of his life, but she knows that she's not going to be around much longer. So <clears throat> I think it will probably be difficult to read, but I think I will enjoy it. And I like her writing a lot. And it has the added benefit of being narrated by Karen White, who's one of my favorite narrators, so I'm going to probably start that on audio pretty soon, and I'm looking forward to it. Okay. I know you've read right. um other books by her. I, I read A Friend of the Family, which was her first one, and I did not read, or I started and didn't actually love her second one, The Theory of Everything, I think it was called.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I read The Theory of Everything, and I thought it was okay. I mean, I think it was one of those books that I figured I would definitely check out more of her books because I did enjoy the writing, but I was not crazy about the story. Right. It was a little bit like I'd heard so much about her and I was really looking forward to getting into that book and enjoying it. And I didn't that much, but I got enough of a taste to think, okay, well, I'll see what she does next. Yeah. I mean, I have a a little bit.
1: I have a son who's about to turn five, so I can't imagine that this is going to be an easy read, but I also feel like I can't stay away from it. So I'm going to read
0: it. Okay, so do you do okay? Are you kind of okay if you read about um, children in peril novels or are they kind of off limits for you? I mean, I I know you've done some missing kids novels.
1: Yeah, I I find um, children in peril novels pretty hard just because, you know, your instinct is to protect and to avoid situations that put kids at risk. This one doesn't feel like a child at peril one, it just sounds like a.
0: You know, family think,
1: and- yeah, dead mom is always really hard. And so I feel like that will be more difficult than the child in peril because my guess is I, I, what I've read about the book is it's actually quite bittersweet and that there are funny elements to it. And my guess is that she probably finds the dad and they probably, you know, start off a fragile but promising relationship, you know, the dad and the son. So my assumption is that at the end of the book, the kid is relatively okay But I think just the sadness of the sort of impending loss will be very difficult to read. Right.
0: I feel like I've read books before that I – I know I read one. There was a book by someone called S.K. Tremaine, and I say that because with the initials, I'm never Mm -hmm. sure whether it's a male or female author. Right. But it was called The Ice Twins, and it was really good but really sad. And I know you have twins, so it's like I'm not going to even – twin girls. Oh, boy. (laughs) It's like I'm not going to even go, you know, if something happens to one of them and one is left behind and she's acting very strangely. But it was very good. So. Okay, what do you have coming up? So coming up, I have this book called The Scarlet Letters by Jenny Nordbeck. And the title of that first caught my attention because, of course, it's very similar to The Scarlet Letter. So I really love those classic retellings. So I was kind of like, oh, this is going to be something about the Scarlet Letter. And it's not. It's about this woman who works in LA and she works in, in one of their, I guess, their sex dungeons and her name is Mistress Scarlet. And it's basically all about, I guess, her role in dominating women, in dominating men or being a dominatrix. And I read a little bit of it, like, the first chapter and it's just kind of all about the interview that she has with this man and determining whether he will be a client of her of hers and what she'll need to do to make him comfortable or fulfill his fantasy and I think that's kind of very interesting because it's been popping up in pop culture you know sometimes you see it it's definitely it's in the show called billions that I watch Mm -hmm. where one of the guys visits a dominatrix and of course there are supposed to be reasons that people enjoy this that are not sexual or I guess I want to say sorted or whatever is kind of making it mainstream. So so I'll check it out.
1: Who, um, who published it? St. Martin's press. Mm, Interesting. (laughs) I will. uh, I'll take a look at that. It sounds interesting. Yeah. Okay. Can you, can you top that? (laughs) I don't think so. Although my next one is not, terribly dissimilar. The one that I picked for my next one is called The Arrangement, and I've been seeing oh. that book around. Um, it's written by Sarah Dunn, who... I actually read a book by Sarah Dunn a long, long time ago before I started blogging,
0: and... Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I have this book. I just got this book. You day. do? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm jealous. I am probably going to let my mother read it first, <laughs> okay. because... It's supposed to be comic. <laughs> yes,
1: it is supposed to be comic. It's lighter, certainly lighter than the first book I picked. Um Yeah, I really want this book. I think I actually just put it on hold at the library. And it is about a couple who have been married for a while, and they are at dinner with another couple, and the other couple starts talking about how they have an open marriage. So... The first couple sort of are interested and intrigued, and they, you know, ask a lot of questions about it, and then they decide they're going to do a six-month experiment where they're going to have an open marriage, and they have some rules like no falling in love, what was the other one, no snooping, and there's some other, I forgot what the third rule is, and they, of course, you know, what could go wrong, and of course, like, everything goes wrong. So, but
0: everything it, goes wrong. Right. I mean, you can't have a rule like don't fall in love.
1: Right, right, and I think like she falls in love, and you know,
0: because how can you control that? Uh, exactly, how can you can't you, control when that when you've given your partner license? See, that's why that would just not work out for me, right? Um,
1: and he like falls for this like the first like hot woman who comes along, who turns out to be kind of psycho, and so then he finds her really annoying and like misses his wife and all this stuff. So I don't know, sounds intriguing. I remember reading her first book, um, which was called The Big Love. And she and I are like exactly the same age. So I feel like, Oh, this, you know, I, she, I'm following, she's following like my life stages with her fiction. So not that I'm, you know, doing that, of course, but <laughs> so, uh, well, you yeah. get to
0: live, live a little vicariously through the novel. Exactly. And then, then you get to not try it out. Exactly. Because you see how it just won't go well.
1: Exactly. So that's, that's on my list. So again, I think that's at the library at some point waiting for me. Actually. Yeah, I think it's at whole of the library.
0: Yeah,
1: I think you're right. And I was
0: excited excited to see that because I had kind of been giving it the eye. I. Um, <laughs> I was holding back because of the comedic elements. <laughs> right.
1: I love that expression, giving it the eye when it ha- refers to books. It's so awesome. That's like half the books in the world. I'm giving it the eye.
0: It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I passed
1: it by. I gave, I gave it the
0: eye. <laughs> yeah, got it. So um, my next book, and now it makes me want to ask you another question about how many books do you feel like you read that are about murders? Oh, boy, about murders. I feel like I read a, a fair amount. So my next book is called If You Were Villains. It's by M.L. Rio. It comes out April 11th, and it's a flat iron um, book, okay. and it's about this guy who has served 10 years for the murder of one of his closest friends, but no one knows whether he's committed or not. So the day that he gets out of jail, the detective who investigated the case picks him up. And I guess he is deciding, or he's decided that he's going to get the the scoop out of him, whether he wants it or not. And of course, when the guy is convicted of murder, he is in college. So it's one of those college stories that I love so much. Group of friends and secrets, and they're studying Shakespeare at elite conservatory. So it just punches a lot of my buttons, but there is a murder in it. And I just feel like. Huh. That sounds interesting. Half the books I read are about some kind of murder, so I was just curious.
1: Huh. Uh, yeah, I don't think I would say mine are definitely not half. Maybe like one tenth. <laughs> quarter. No, ten. not even. Yeah. I mean. More domestic drama, affairs. Correct. Families, friends. um, Yeah, I don't think a lot of murder. The occasional suicide, maybe, but.
0: Right. This one seems to me, just from the description, seems to have shades. Uh, What was that really popular? I know I read it. Everyone read The Secret History, Donatar. Oh, yeah. You know, group of friends, and it's some kind of small elite liberal arts program studying Shakespeare. Right.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, that book, you know, I never read The Secret History. In fact, it's sitting in this room. I'm looking at it right now, and I've never read it.
0: Oh, my gosh, Gail. I
1: know. I'm like the only one in the world. Well, I haven't read that or The Goldfinch, and I think I'm the only one who has not read The Secret History. You might be. I know. It's on the list. I'm I'm giving it the I. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> literally I'm giving me the eye. 20,
0: right, you are literally giving me the eye. Right. Twenty seventeen project.
1: Yeah. Every year, I'm like, I'm going to read the Secret History this year. Yeah. Um, okay. What's your number three? I,
0: I can imagine though that that the Secret History for you must be totally overhyped by now.
1: No, it's post overhype. It's been. It's so. The hype was so long ago that I feel like I could pick it up again Okay. or pick it up for the first time and not be prejudiced by the hype. Okay. I can't say that for her next book, but I can say that for this one because I never read oh. the, this, the next one and that one is so overhyped that I just, I don't see it happening.
0: Two thirds of my books have murders <laughs> and the other, other has <coughs> a li- the other has illicit sex. <laughs> so. Nice. Happy April. <laughs> happy April so unreliable by Lee Irby and so this is a story about a college professor who may or may not have killed his wife and he goes home for the weekend he's celebrating his mother's wedding to a much younger man and he has a peculiar relationship with the truth is what this says so it seems just like it's a lot of no, when I hear something like that it reminds me of American Psycho because I was just never sure of what was going on in that novel, what was in his head or not. But it seems like it has that sort of unreliable narrator. You're not sure what's going on. And of course, you know, he is a he's a failed novelist and a college writing instructor. So it has that kind of Sounds know, like Stephen King esque. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not you know, well, it's interesting because it's on Double Day and I feel like they all they always are kind of split between things that are more serious and things that are kind of less so. Okay. Wait, what's it, what is that book called again? It's called unreliable. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let us know about your third one.
1: So my third one is one that's a little out of my comfort zone, but still kind of interesting. And I read about it. It's a guy that I follow on Goodreads who seems to read all the same books that I want to read. And so sometimes I just like check out what he's
0: been reading lately. And is this, this a guy that has your same taste and did yes. and not taste. like that, that book? <laughs> Which one didn't he like? <laughs> oh, gosh, it was so funny. I Are you being diplomatic remember.
1: or you can't remember what it's called?
0: No, I can't remember what it's called because I would totally say it. Yes, I'm sure that's who it is. Oh, it was the book that you really didn't like, the book that was soullessly, relentlessly depressing? Oh,
1: yes. In fact, I think that's how I found him. That book was... Uh... <laughs> Oh my God. What was that book? The one about the real estate bust. That book in California. Uh, I can't think of what it's called either. Yes. I found him that way. And it's funny. He's got like his, he's got a blog that has a music, like a, a song lyric in the title, which of course I do too. So that was made me excited. Yes. Same guy. So I was looking at his recent books and it's funny because this one that I saw that looked intriguing reminded me of that book that you're talking about. <laughs> but for some reason, I can't think of what it's called. I will. I'll look it up before we get off the get off the podcast. This one is called "One of the Boys," and it's written by a guy named Daniel Mar- Magario. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. And a father takes two sons, divorces his divorces the son's mother, and takes them moves them from Kansas to Albuquerque. To sort of start over again, you know, the suggestion is that the mother was abusive, that there were problems with her, and that they're going to make this fresh start someplace else. And the kids sort of go to a new school and join teams, and they kind of start to get entrenched. But then they start realizing that the father has issues. that, And I'm assuming it has to do with drugs. But he is acting strangely, and things are becoming sinister, and then the father becomes violent. So this is a dark Definitely a dark book, like that other one, which I will think of. And I don't know. There was something about the story description that just sounded intriguing. It might be too dark for me, like that one that we're talking about, which was so depressing, and there was a lot of just sort of physical. There was violence in there, and it just it sort of was like relentlessly like difficult to read. I don't know. I think I might just give this one a look at some point. It won't it won't be first on my list of books to find, but I, I thought it was interesting enough to mention and that it might be intriguing to people who have a higher tolerance for kind of that relentlessly depressing stuff than I do. But it says it's a masterful debut, a story of survival, and it's really about how the brothers band together to to protect each other from their father who has kind of turned on them. So Mm. when I read some reviews on Goodreads, people were like, you know, this book has really stayed with me. It was very riveting very memorable. Definitely seems a little heavier than the uh, the arrangement. And uh, I just thought I'd throw that in to sort of round out the tone of what I was picking. That sounds good. Yeah. And the book that I read that we're both talking about. <laughs> You're looking it up.
0: Yeah, I'm going looking it up. I'm looking. I'm trying to see too. <sighs> All right. I'm in your Goodreads. Let's see. <laughs> All right. So then next I will get to some of the April book's I read three April books, and there's two that I really think that people would enjoy and should read, and then there's one that was kind of like uh, Carousel Court.
1: Carousel Court, look at you. Nice job. <laughs> that was it. That is one bleak book.
0: Joe McGinnis. Good yeah. old Joe McGinnis.
1: <laughs> that is a bleak one. Do you have that book? Or were you interested in that book at all?
0: No. I took a pass on it. It just sounded terrible. Yeah, I mean, mean, it sounded like an interesting story, but it just sounded like it was going to be bleak and horrible, and I just was not there. Yes, it was. Like, I'm much better with murder.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You'll take murder over economic depression or addiction.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay, so one of the books that I read that's coming out April 4th is um, On Riverhead Books. It's called What It Means When a Man Falls from the Sky, and it's short stories By Leslie Nanika Arama. So it's a it's a bunch of short stories about women from Nigeria. Some of them have migrated to the United States, some of them are still in Nigeria, and it's just about different women's stories. She writes a does a good job in writing a variety of stories. Some of them have like a magical realism element. Not too many of them, Gail, as I know. Okay, good. Not too much magic, but just enough. And some of them have science fiction themes, but they're all about women and how they navigate their relationships with their mothers and their husbands and growing up in Nigeria and what it means to be an immigrant. And they are just really good, really loved all the characters and my glimpse into the culture. I'm not a big short story person there's been a few collections this year that have re- really changed my mind about that or i've been enjoying the more difficult women by roxanne gay and then i just read a collection by michael knight called Eveningland, which was also very good so there are some short story collections that are starting to give me some hope and so this is one of them i definitely recommend checking that out um, when it comes out i also read another book it's out on 12 books. It's called Often I Am Happy by Jen's Christian Grondahl, And it's about this woman who has just buried her husband. And you find out that she's been married for 40 years. She has helped raise um, her husband's children who are actually the children of her best friend. So she's kind of reminiscing, I guess, or she's writing this letter to her best friend, like her best friend was married to this man before she married him. And then she marries him and raises their kids together. But it's about the affair that she found out that her best friend had with her husband back when she was married to someone else and they were married to each other. So it just, it just tells about, she gets into when she discovered this relationship that had happened. I think how it colored her whole life. It was just, it was very well done and and just fascinating. It's a book that's in translation. And what's different about this is that he translated his own book. Oh, that's great. Which usually doesn't happen. And even still, I mean, you would think, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just never run into people pulling double duty like that, even if they do have, you know, even if they do speak the language.
1: I would think that translating your own book too assuming that you are equally facile in both languages, leads to a better translation. Because there's no wondering on the part of the translator. This was a pretty good
0: translation. There were still a couple of places that just sounded awkward to me. And then I think that's when I looked and saw that he had translated his own book. It's also really interesting because, you know, he's writing the interior life of a, a, you know, the female character. So he's just like doing a whole bunch of stuff there <laughs> cool so i told you about two and i whatever i went going to the others that weren't that great i just finished a book
1: that was actually came out in january so it's not quite as new as yours the most dangerous place on earth
0: oh did you like that i wanted to read that yeah i did um
1: lindsey lee johnson is the writer I did. I didn't love it. It's a story. It's about this very privileged community in Mill Valley, California, and a bunch of high school students. And when it opens, this group of kids are in eighth grade. And one of them, for reasons that, you know, will become clear to anyone who reads the book, one of them kills himself. And then it picks up again, like four years later, when they're, I guess they're juniors. And it's sort of about how that suicide impacted these kids it was okay i i actually thought the writing was really good i think that it was like at the end of the day like when i finished it it felt sort of empty like these kids i guess you were supposed to see that they had changed but they were pretty obnoxious kids i mean huge amount of privilege and you know they each have their own sort of issue thing that they do or cross to bear or sacrifice or whatever but they just like they they weren't really redeemed in any way. And I felt you were supposed to feel sympathetic towards this teacher who was trying to reach them, but she was kind of annoying and I don't know. I I mean, I think it was, I'm glad I read it. It was, you know, it was an interesting read. It was certainly kept my attention, but I'm not sure what she was saying in the end. You know, was she trying to like just completely dismiss this group of kids? Was she trying to suggest that there's hope and maturity and experience? Because I didn't get that. (laughs) <laughs> so at the end, I just sort of felt like, yeah, well, that was, you know,
0: that was kind of empty. Well, I think I had read the description of that book and was kind of interested in it, but was turned off by the teacher trying to save them aspect or whatever. I just didn't think that was going to go anywhere. It did not. So, and yeah. I think I thought you were talking about this other book, which I was kind of excited about, but you weren't. It was this book. The other book, I can actually see the cover of it, but, but I can't think of the name. Is it so. All the
1: Ugly and Beautiful Things?
0: No, I hear that one. That's supposed to be really crazy to read, too. Yeah. That's Are you going to read that?
1: Um, I'd like to. That's, it, or all the ugly and wonderful things. Right. It's funny, when you check, when you Google or go on Amazon and look for The Most Dangerous Place on Earth, that other one, all the ugly and wonderful things comes up underneath it. So obviously, there's some overlap in the audience for that one. So yeah, I mean, I'm glad I read it, but it wasn't certainly not like top books of the year. And then the other book I just read recently was nonfiction, if you can believe it and it is called being jazz and it's the story of jazz jenning's who is a transgender teenager and it's her memoir i mean she's only like 14 and again like disappointing granted she's 14 but i sort of felt like that could have been a lot more than what it was it could have been a really interesting book about sort of gender confusion and what it's like to live in the wrong body and you know, sort of the physical and emotional and mental aspects of that. And instead it was like her talking about her knowing in an early age that she was really a girl and then, you know, all of the TV show appearances she's done and, you know, going up and down with her friends and, and sometimes they're friends and sometimes they have fights and sometimes she's depressed and she's a great student and then she meets Obama and that's the end. And I'm sort of like, wow, that was a wasted opportunity. Like you could have done a lot more with that book or the editor could have done a lot more with that book or somebody could have done a lot more with that book. And instead it was like a trifle. And that was so a little you wanted more. Yeah. I just wanted to know. I had a million questions and I feel like she sort of, it was very superficial. Like she scratched the surface of them. Right. So we read that for book club for my mother daughter book club. And it's not a kid's book, but you know, I thought it might be an interesting book for my kids to read. And I think most of us felt the same way, including the girls. I think we all felt like, yeah, you know, like, Enough about not your, ever. your TV appearances and, you know, the, this, <laughs> this, you know, award that you got or going to the MTV, or, you know, whatever they were. And, and she was, it's not that she was bragging. Wait, she was so sort of, is she
0: a music, is she a musician or something? Like, no, I don't she's her not. She's not. Well,
1: you know, I mean, in this, the backstory makes a lot more, makes everything make a lot more sense. She has a show on TLC. I'm assuming that the book came after the show. So she became, you know, when she was really young, she was interviewed by Barbara Walters. And then she just sort of started speaking, like going out and speaking to groups. And she would speak at conferences for transgender people. So she would speak to, like, parents who were sort of trying to figure out, like, how to help their kids transition. And she just, (laughs) she's just well known. So she, you know, was invited to the White House for some, like, Human Rights Day. And, you know, she's just gotten a lot of opportunities to make appearances, but like she would talk more about the red carpet and I, I want to be like, what is it like to sort of be the the face of this, of this, you know, group of people? And especially when you're so young, when you're so young. Yeah. There were some interviews with her family members at the end and that started to get a little more interesting, like her parents, you know, what it was like to sort of accept the fact that their their daughter was, a their son was a daughter and how to, you know, how to sort of put aside their own sort of their own disappointment or their own, you know, just sort of difficulty in accepting that their family was not how they had imagined it. And that was interesting, but it, the whole thing was a little glossed over. So. Okay. So it just sounds
0: like a sort of a celeb memoir.
1: Kind of. But for someone who's like, other than being transgender, not particularly interesting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a quick read and it was a good book club read to round out fiction. Well, we've read a lot of fiction this year, so it was good to read something nonfiction. And, you know, I think, I think in this day and age, our kids are growing up in an, Era where they will meet people who are transgender, or they will know people whose parents are transgender, and you know, I thought it was a good pick to just see a perspective, and, and they would have that perspective in mind when and if they came across that person in their lives, and would sort of have a better understanding of what they may be going through. And I think, the, I think the girls were like sort of almost ho hum about it. I mean, I think, I think
0: transgender everyone so accepting, yeah, everything now
1: very accepting, and it's well, not that unusual anymore. Well, except for you know. Maybe the administration that we're dealing with now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other topic for all of us Well, it, but... I
0: was going to say anyone who would be accepting, I think is, or tries to be. Right. And then if you're not going to be, you weren't going to be anyway. So Right. So, uh, so we have a good show planned for the
1: next time. We'll keep you in suspense for what the title is. Happy reading to everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find Issues of Readerly at ReaderlyMag.com, and you can find me, Gail, blogging at Everyday I Write the Book, which is at EverydayIWriteTheBookBlog.com, and Nicole at Linus's Blanket, which is Linus'sBlanket.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts.
0: Until next time, keep reading.